Welcome to Tess and Tiff Talks, where we share tips, education, research, and our experience of finding the balance between the hood and good of motherhood. But do what you want with your own damn kids. We're just saying. Welcome to Tess and Tiff Talks, y'all. I hope everybody hey, safe, staying home, staying sane, staying healthy, washing your hands, watching your ass. Watching your attitude. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? what? I did not laugh when you started. You talking. did it! Congratulations, because you always. We, up with I'm me. changing. I'm changing. <laughs> this quarantine. Um, this quarantine life is, is taking me down, child. It's taking me down. You don't think I'm. Um, you said what? I said you I don't think, think you're funny. funny I do think you're funny, but. I think maybe I'm just trying to suppress it because I did, I don't want to be the same every time. But um, anywho, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. And um, I'm going to start with a do what you want with your own damn kids. Oh, look at you switching shit up. <laughs> look at me not laughing. I'm starting off with the do what you want with your own damn kids. Look at you so switching shit up. Go ahead. Sis. I'm, trying. I'm trying to be a different person, sis. So, Langston, during this COVID-19 situation, has only been to my mother's house. Mm-hmm. He's only been to my... We do not take him to Target, to the market, to anything, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned on a previous episode that one time Eric said he went to the market, and I was like, did you take my son in the market? Like, I was really about to lose it. But we don't take him anywhere. And I always try to have him wear his mask. But yesterday, it's nice outside in Philly, child. It's nice out. And the day before, we had um, watered our plants. And I let him water the grass. I let him play on the grass, go down the lawn, all types of stuff. Yesterday, he wanted to go outside. And there were other kids outside. With no mask. Now, it was only three kids, right? Um, And their parents, but still being very socially distant. Mm -hmm. But the one kid ran up on the grass, and I think everybody froze. Even Eric was like, what's about to happen here? Okay, go play. Go dip. I gave gave these kids honest juices and everything. Who wants a juice? Who wants a juice? Who wants a juice? Yeah. And I just felt like at some point we have to just be cautious. Yeah. But we have to allow our kids to be kids or they're going to go crazy. We're going crazy, but they're going crazy too. And it's not like they hugging each other, kissing each other, like this close to each other, but just playing on my lawn and y'all all sliding down the lawn as if you're on three different sliding boards. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with y'all chasing after each other. And you come home and wash and change your clothes. And you get and right. Get, yeah. Exactly. And you, and the thing of it is, I, I spoke about this before too. I live on a pretty gentrified block. Right. So they listen, child. They, they come out when they need to go to the store and that is it. They may clean their lawns. If you're getting in a car, they will go on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. Everybody's usually wearing a mask. 
So I feel safe. And I think that this is where it can get misconstrued with some people. Don't think you're just going to roll up to my house and chill. Right. And your kids going to come in and they playing and they vibing and we have a sleepover. But I do feel like you got to let a kid be a kid and get some of this energy. out. like, how is it that I'm just going to continue to send him to my parents' house and him not have any interaction with another kid? Right. So again, like, do what you want with your own damn kid, but occasionally mine is going to get out and play on the lawn yeah. with his neighbors. I, I don't blame you. And I know you and I spoke about having a picnic with the kids the next time mm-hmm. in town, and I'm okay with that. Like, I one, I trust my friends, and I already trust who my kid is around. And I know my friends and myself are not going to put our kids in harm's way. Now, with that said... You know, being the nurse, you can be asymptomatic and still be COVID right. positive. I'm completely. Oh, girl, you know, you you walk me all through that chat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm completely aware of that. But you're right. At some point, you have to say, "Fuck it." Take off your mask and breathe some fresh air. Kennedy won't even keep her mask on, and and I and I, I that's just her. She doesn't like things on her face. She doesn't like water on her face. She that's just her. So when we go out and I, and I've taken her to target before she's like, I don't understand why I have to wear a mask and her logic with her smart ass self. If everybody else is wearing a mask, why do I have to wear one? Right. Cause they can't do nothing to me. Cause I, they got a mask. She's smart as hell. Um, so I, I, it, wearing her wearing a mask is not going to work. It's not. Mm-hmm. She'll, she, it, she, it's not. So I get it. And you want to try to preserve their childhood as much as you can in this mm-hmm. in this situation. So I get Crazy it. Time. So yeah, do what you want with your own damn kids, but mine is going to play with the other kids that I trust. And we're going on a picnic, okay? Yeah. yeah. I, did you hear about um, this new phenomenon of women having to leave their jobs because it's they're unable to manage their kid and manage work? So women are, are quitting. Now, of course, these are these these are women in high level positions who can afford to quit. But because girl, because I was fitting to say I got a good 11 weeks left of my FMLA, but that's not paid, sis. I can't do that. No, listen, <laughs> I read a, I read an article the other day that said that this woman who was like a high level manager in a finance company had to leave her job because her husband said that he was unable to watch the kid after three First days. First of all, you don't watch your goddamn kid. When I said kid, the same thing. You don't watch your fucking kid. So don't hit me up. Hey, babe, can you watch the kid while I... Can you watch it? If you don't kiss my ass, you better oh. come get your kid. I said the same thing. So after three days of the kid being at home, and I think the husband was home from work, after three days, the husband was like, I can't do this no more. So the lady left her job so she can be a stay-at-home mom, quote-unquote. My whole thing is, sis, what kind of punk-ass husband do you have? And now you're watching two kids because he, he a whole kid too. You mean to tell me after three days, you, don't, you, you can't handle your own son? After three Let days? Let me tell you something. So before this podcast recording, I was on a video chat with my therapist and she's asking me how things are going with Eric and I was like you know Sasha and Langston and work etc 
And I was, you know, I've talked to her before about how Eric and I decided to um, just assign tasks, right? Mm. So I said this before, I'm a, I'm a good cook, but Eric's a good cook too. But the way that my anxiety is set up and the way that my life is set up, I still have to run colorful exchange. Right. He cannot do what I do for colorful exchange. And so how do you think that I am going to come home the same time? Because we both work. It's not a staggered ship. He's eight to to four. I'm eight to four. It ain't no you nine to five, ten to six. No, we're the same schedule. So how is it that I'm supposed to come home? I'm supposed to cook. I'm supposed to um, put Langston to bed. And then I'm supposed to every so often record podcasts or post content and then do colorful exchange orders and, and all types of things. And I was just like, this is not working for me. It's stressing me out. And now I've created a way to relieve my stress, mm-hmm. which is you like cooking. I'm okay with cooking sometimes. It's like I can cook from the heart, but other times I'll be annoyed as fuck trying to cook a meal. Mm-hmm. So how about this? You do the cooking. You do the cooking. I'll do the cleaning. You put legs in the bed. You put, I'll do everything in between. Right. And I feel like sometimes women are too afraid to say, I cannot do yeah. it. Right? Like, I'm overwhelmed. Yes. I, or I simply just don't fucking feel like it. Yes. And that's what I had to say to Eric. I was like, no, I don't feel like it. You want me to pack 12 orders, but you want me to cook fucking dinner. And then we eat in at 10 o'clock at night. No, fuck this. I'm not doing this shit. And get ahead before you go to bed. Nigga, and then you want sex. I'm sexless, okay? Now we really just started... Like we talked about this before when we were in a good place. Oh, we had a fact that shit stopped. It was like and now we're at a, a place where it's like y'all might have a a COVID kid out of the situation. Right. <laughs> Cause a lot of things is um twacking and locking, okay? And popping. So urban. <laughs> but it's like you you have to make sure that you are comfortable enough with your spouse. To or your partner right. to let them know what you can or cannot do, right? And that's even a partner, and like even with us, we're partners in this podcast, right? I fucking text you the other day, like I am fucking tired. I cannot, mm-hmm. like I can't. Okay, it was either come get your nephew or you just post the shit, or I just can't. I'll see you mm-hmm. on Thursday. Right, and I meant it with my whole heart and soul. You I know what I mean? That's why I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm available Wednesday, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, Wednesday. It's, but it's just like um, you have to be honest with yourself, and I feel like that's a part of women and then black women, especially. We don't take that. We, off. girl, I had to take the fucking cape off and be like, Nah, I, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Not I can't. I don't want to. I'm not. So yeah. let me tell you what I'm not doing, Eric. I'm not yeah. fucking cooking you dinner. I'll wash them fucking dishes when you done. Right. Because it'll give me some time to sit. I'll put lights in the bed and sing him his little song. Right. But you got to be able to say what you can and cannot do. And sis quitting her job, she won't regret that shit. Because especially if you're in a higher position, you've built yourself up to that yes. level. 
That's what I'm like, thinking. Imagine, imagine Roberto telling you, girl, don't call me. We wouldn't be in a relationship, though, because my whole thing... This and is I, what I'm saying. You, first of all, as a husband, that's selfish as shit. It was only three days. And even if it was three years, it's like you see what she... She was the breadwinner of that family, Right. Now y'all gonna be broken sad. So you you mean to tell me she needs to stop her profession, stop her purpose, stop her passion, so she can give you undivided attention? Because it's not the son who asked for it. The son didn't say, "Mommy, I want you to stay at home with me." He said, "I can't watch your son anymore." Basically, and I'm like, I wonder what the real conversation was like for sister put in her two weeks notice and resign. Because now I have questions. Did you already hate the job and was looking for a way out? Um, did are you being abused and you feel like you can't say no? You know, like why you you give up this six figure high level job to stay home and do what? And now what? Because even if you work from home, you're still working. So you're not oh giving anything any oh attention. My God. Girl, so let me, I have two things. And I just took my little notes, child, like we in the therapy session. I know you can't stand it, but I did. Okay. Um, the first thing is when, when I, so Eric and I got, oh, let me go back a little bit. When Eric and I first decided to get married, I got laid off in June. No, I got laid off in May. He got laid off in June, but we had still plan to get married in July. So it was like, what are we going to do? Granted, he got a job and everything kept pushing, but then I got pregnant right away. Right. And I was sick as shit with Langston. And so I didn't work because I was like, if I go to work, if I get a new job after being laid off, I'm going to be sick every day. Right. And they're not trying to hear that, oh, I can't come to work or I'm at the bathroom more than I'm at the meetings or at my desk or whatever. So I took time off and then that time off led to me not going back until after Langston was a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I felt like shit. And why? Because I always had a job or two. Right. I always had money in the bank. I was always traveling. I could always buy what I wanted. And nobody ever had to do shit for me. Ever. Right? So at that moment when I was not working and I had to ask, like, hey, do we have any extra money so I could do? It just felt crazy to me. It's, if you're make right, imagine. So Eric never told me no. He could be like, we ain't got no money, but I'm going to just let sis go get her nails done and her nails going to be a hundred dollars because she went like sparkles and glistening and shit like that. He never told me no, which was dope as fuck. But imagine making hundreds of thousands, imagine making a hundred thousand dollars. Then you not make a shit and you not get unemployment because you fucking quit. Right. So you're down to nothing unless you have a savings, right? A cushion. And now you got to ask for things and now you gotta go without things because yeah, money ain't the same. Because even if you have, you become you resentful as fuck. Yeah. You still gotta. Girl, I, yes, I became resentful as fuck. Like this ain't even me. Yeah. So it's just like you women have to take a stance on 
this is what I can and cannot do. These are my negotiables and my non-negotiables and fucking mean that shit. Yeah. And that's the stuff that Eric and I are working on even now. My non-negotiable or non-negotiable was not dating someone or marrying someone that had a kid. Well, we know how that went, right? Right. I was cool with being a stay-at-home and, and being barefoot and pregnant, but she was supposed to be able to take care of everything. That's not how that went. So it's just like when you when you think about what you're giving up, make sure y'all really got a fucking plan. Don't just do that shit based on emotion. And women got to hold men accountable. When I tell Eric I'm fucking tired and he needs to go do something with Langston, I don't feel bad anymore because the fuck I'm tired. I'm doing a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. So women really got to step up and be on a they like power shit. Like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to. And I'm not going to. Word. That's gift. Yeah, that's a whole message right there. That takes time, though. It takes because you have to be you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself. And I think a lot of people have the sort of fairy tale high expectation of what their relationship should look like and should be in these roles. Right. Not realizing that when you put you when you put yourself in a role, you give yourself an assignment and then you're hard fast on that assignment instead of that shit being fluid. Yeah, because you feel like you're going to fail if you don't. Or he's going to look at you differently if I don't fulfill these things. And and and, and, and I get that because I was that I was her. She was me. Okay. Like I felt like that for a very long time. But then I had to like go into therapy and talking to my god sister who was a stay-at-home mom for the first two years of her son's life and depending on her husband. She was just like, you don't owe him shit. You don't owe him. Like you feel like, oh, he took care of you. That's what he's supposed to do. And if you want to get biblical with it, you know, some people want to get biblical. You don't even have to get biblical. You could just take it as what a husband's role, quote unquote, is supposed to be. You took me away from my family. You you asked to marry me. You asked me to come into your life in this capacity. So you should be able to do the shit that you need to do to make sure that I am good. If we have children, our children are good. That's that's the message. That. Listen, I feel real passionate about this shit. This wasn't even planned to talk about on this level, but I just feel very passionate about it. (laughs) I know. Sometimes we do plan shit and then it just go a whole different way. We've been like, yeah, we're going to talk about the sky being blue. Well, girl, (laughs) let me tell you about, um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, that's, that's a whole word right there. I think, I think it was important for you to say that because women probably need to hear that. I think women need to hear other women who are in similar situations say that almost like giving them permission to stand up and advocate for themselves to say I'm not doing this and that's really yeah cause cause what you not gonna ever fucking do is tell me you watching your kid oh, oh I'ma slap the dog shit out of you okay <laughs> know that Ooh, that's scary um okay, you know what else is scary what black COVID? men dying oh. no, talk about COVID oh. COVID is scary but I'm over oh, right now the new the news oh you said black men yeah. dying that's that's the new thing. That's that's scary as shit. Um, and I mean, not that they haven't been dying, but the way that they're dying, the shit being filmed, so, so, and we so, see how yeah, they're dying. So that, so that, and I'm glad you said that. Black men have been dying at the hands of white men since since the first ship came over here, right? However, now with technology, it's being recorded. It's not that it and never you can happened. See. 
is that yeah, we're shit. actually seeing full footage from beginning to end. Girl, to so your last breath, okay? Unfortunately, and, and, and that's crazy. And I read something today about um, watching videos like that and how it does a couple of things to you. One, it can do, yes, it desensitizes you because, because it happens so often now and you're seeing... But you're just like, oh, it's just another black man dying. Yes, okay. so you get desensitized to it. Two... It makes you the second victim in that it causes trauma in you. Let me tell you, I was so not myself yesterday, yesterday being Wednesday. So we Tuesday, Wednesday, I was just, I had time. I was, let me tell you, I went back and forth with this white lady on Facebook and I had all the time in the world. And then she said some shit that pissed me off that I had to do a video response because my fingers wouldn't type enough and I wanted her to see and hear my face and my tone. She said, well, the cop probably killed him. And I was like, probably? Probably. Probably. Bitch, I know. Bitch, girl. See, I wouldn't have even had no intellectual response. You dumb fucking bitch. Girl. Did you see what the fuck that I saw, bitch? Girl. Okay. Girl. So we were going back and forth to the whole, the the um, the original poster. It was on somebody else's page. A, a white co- um, ex-co-worker of mine was like, I see both your points. You make, like, she was trying to be the media. No, and no, like, no. She was trying to be the media no- because I was going off. And my whole thing is, it is... It's enough of the... Re- it's black and white. No, it, it, it's black and white. Like this George Floyd thing, if I had looked at nothing else, like remember how we posted that um, video about the kid and yeah. we had so much uh, comments about, you know, what happened, what was the antecedent to the behavior and yeah. then this was yeah. the consequence. Okay, yeah. all the ABCs of the situation. Yeah. Yes. But when this man said that he could not breathe. Police officers, firefighters, EMTs are first responders. Yes. Right? So your job, even if you felt like he was a threat, when you noticed that his life was in danger, like when his life was ending, it should have been a, let me switch gears, fuck this arrest, because he's in handcuffs, and it's four of us and one of him, we're going to try to save this man's life. Saving his life could have simply been taking your fucking knee off his neck. You dickhead. Okay? That's that's it. You probably could have beat his ass and I'd have been okay with it. But you literally, like, you could see the pressure, the push of the knee in this man's neck. So casually done. I, I didn't watch the video... But my man was. I did, and I don't even know why I did. It 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 has traumatized me. I didn't sleep good last night at all. I'm like asking Eric, like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good." But Eric takes a couple days to process things. Yeah. But then, like, Link, what what was crazy to me is last night, Langston ran in my room and was like, "Mom, I'm scared, girl. I died." I was like, "Oh, come on, it's okay, it's okay." Like, yeah. I don't know if you had a bad dream. You saw a little shadow from the tree outside. I didn't give a shit. The fact that you said you were scared. Yeah. That's all I need to see here. But that video, don't watch it. Because it's traumatizing. No, I watched not. it and I was stuck. Absolutely physically stuck. I didn't cry. 
I didn't speak, nothing. I just, I was on my mom's couch. I got up and I was like, Langston, let's go. No, I, I can't, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that because I know, I know what that would do to me. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to myself. But here's, here's what I learned about the, that, that particular cop, Derek. Um, he, Derek himself has a rap sheet. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is what I was trying to go over with that lady on Facebook who basically was saying, um, that George Floyd had a, had a pass. No, 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 no. She didn't even bring that up. Her comment was there needs to be harsh. There needs to be harsh punishment for the cops. All of this would stop if it was harsh, harsh. from the cops. Harsh. That's, that's why I jumped in. They need the fucking torture chamber. So okay. she can talk about they need they need life in jail or the death sentence is what she needs. No, so, you, I'm not going to kill you. Nope, I'm going to torture the fuck out of you. My response, sorry, to her was, my response to her was, well, they would have needed to, to have done the act in order to have been punished. So are you saying that, that they, they, the they next did black man die, dies, then those cops go to jail? I said, that doesn't stop the cop from killing the black man. I said the I said the incentive is on the punishment. The incentive is not just stop killing innocent black men because after all that George George Floyd um the store called the cops thinking he wrote a bad check and it ended up not being true. So his blood is on the store's hand as well. Right. That's a whole nother story. So I was trying to tell her if you're saying that the incentive to stop killing black men is the harsh punishment of life in jail then the only reason I'm not killing black men is because I don't want to do life in jail. Instead of it right, being, it's not I that it's not killing wrong. black men. Right, it's, it's wrong. About so, that, so then she's like, well, well, how do you, how do you suppose we fix it? I said, the whole system is fucked up. Oh I said, God. from the police academy fix to the state's office to, to, to the judge. I said, you telling me that I'm doing life in jail if I get convicted, if my boys and blue friends, you know, get me in trouble. Don't speak up, if, right. Yes, like, these are a whole bunch of ifs to even get me to the point of even going to jail. Because if you go in front of a jury and the jury don't find you guilty, Listen. then you still walking free and killing the next black man. But I said, but the man is already dead. The deed is already done. You talking about punishment, which is reactive. I'm talking about being proactive. The whole shit needs to be restructured. But how can we restructure a system that's been in place for so many years? That's and that's, that's, that's what I had a conversation about earlier. And I, you know, um, back in school, I was really big on history and social studies. That's what they called it in in grade school and high school. And I said that I wanted to be a lawyer or a judge, right? But I just feel so passionate. It was this show on TV. I got to ask Eric what the name of it is. But this judge was just so like adamant about, she didn't give a shit. She was just like, nope. This is how I'm around my courtroom. I don't play this, 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 and this. Attach it? I don't know what it was called. He always watching something. I just like wake up and chime in. But this show was so intense. And I just felt like that's how I will always be. Like I would be so passionate about things that I'd probably be up on the damn thing cussing. What the fuck is this right. bullshit in my courtroom? Like I just had no filter. So I just could not 
do that. But all that to say, the judicial system is fucked up. And it's crazy that you can witness a murder on camera, but we still have to go through this, all these steps to get them convicted. They can be fired, but they still have to be arrested. The Miranda rights, the this, the this, the this. They still got to go through all of this, even though we saw exactly what happened. And Black men are in jail and sentenced and sent up the river with less than probable cause. Correct. And they're fired, but still, they're still their pension is still not taken away from them. Mm-mm. They still or their wives pension or their wives because in Philly, I think it's like after you're a cop for a certain amount of time, the police officer can choose to give the wife a pension. So that's just not taken away from her, that bitch either. So it's it's just it it just baffles me. And the craziest part about it is, I have very close friends. I have a sister who is a Philadelphia police officer. Eric's best friend is a police officer. Okay, and I mean like high, high in the rank. And I feel bad for them because it's just like I know that y'all not like this, right? But. A fucking cop ever fuck with my kid or my husband, we gonna have lots of problems. Yeah. And it ain't got shit to do with my respect for you or your position. It's, How, just, it's just a it's crazy. It, it's fucked up. How do you go about or do you go about talking to Langston in regards to cops, right? Because children grow up thinking cops are heroes, right? And so when you think of maybe. The, the, the neighborhood and the the civic. I remember Kennedy last year had um, a lesson on the people in your neighborhood. So it was like the librarian, the sanitation worker, and all the people who are in your neighborhood that helps the community, helps the neighborhood. And she was really big on the cops. So so much so that she wanted me to buy her a, a cop costume. And I bought her like a 25 piece kit from Amazon that came with like the whistle and the badge and the whatever, whatever, whatever. Yes, because remember she dressed Langston up as the cop. Yes, yes, right. Mm-hmm. So she she thinks that the cops are heroes, but she doesn't like when they're near her. She's afraid of them, and I don't know why, but she's afraid of them. Because I remember one time we had somebody got caught running through the the stop sign or whatever over here, and the cops were in front of our house, and she was like shitting bricks oh my god they're coming here they're coming to get us oh my god roberto be safe like she was afraid of them and i'm not sure what she heard or what she saw but and i and i'm afraid to delve into that with her because i don't even know what my response would be or how to even direct that conversation with her so as a mother of a black boy what do you do to or say to him in regards to the police Or do you even say anything to him? Is that a conversation you want to have? Um, is that a conversation you should have? So what are your thoughts on that? So the question makes me emotional. 
in a sense of I have to first think about the fact that I wanted to be a cop at one time. I wanted to be a police officer at one time. My mom told me no. She was like, no, your stepdad is a firefighter. It's no way that you can be a police officer. Me and one of my childhood best friends, we um, talked about joining the police academy together. She's actually a police officer now. The one that I was like, oh, my sister is a, a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, she's come to my house with her full-on police officer gear and Langston only sees her as Aunt Midget. He'd be like, hey, Aunt Midget. Like, not scared, not anything. I don't know how to then tell him there are some cops who are bad Mm -hmm. because his aunt is a cop. Right. Eric's best friend is a cop and so is his wife. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know how to say your uncle and your aunt are cops, but you should be scared of some cops. I am completely and utterly confused and scared. And although my son is so young, I'm really trying to formulate a response. I I don't know. I don't know because it's like, I already got to worry about your dad, but what if you and your dad are out together? Then what happens? And I'm just like, well, you're only three, but maybe when you get 10 or 13, the, the world will be better and it won't be like this. So honestly, I don't know what to say. And that is the most frustrating part because I want him to understand safe places and safe people. Yeah. But I don't know. And and so the so this goes back a little bit. It's so interesting. Um my mom got into a dispute with her neighbor. So the cops were called. Langston loved the cops. They were all white cops. Two guys, one woman. And they were so nice to Langston. Even the one cop was like talking to him about like Daniel Tiger and the Power Rangers and da 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 da. While all of this whole situation is going on. And he was like, you want to get in the cop car? You want to see? And like part of me was like, oh my God, I never want my son to be in a cop car. But the other part is like, as a kid, I would have loved to have done this too. You know what I mean? That's like the highlight of his day forever. Yes. So he was in there and this was when COVID had first like really popped off in Philly. So he was like, I can't really let him like in the car, but I could press the buttons and do the sirens. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. And Langston was like, mom, it's the police. And I'm just like, you're not scared. But then when you're 15, you might be like, mom, it's the police. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I really don't know how to answer that. I really don't. And I think that that's the concern for every wife, every mother, every girlfriend, every sister, every cousin, every friend of a black man right now. We don't know what the fuck to tell y'all. Right. I don't know what to teach my three-year-old other than... Be respectful. Keep your hands to yourself. 
and and what don't resist like I don't know girl but it's yeah so so I think what we we what the least we can do is make sure that our kids are are amazing human beings and a contributing member to society. I'm really big on emotional intelligence. I talk a lot about that on New Nurse Academy in relation to nursing because as a nurse, you're dealing with people, right? And so in order for you to effectively deal with people as people are going through their shit, you need to be able to handle your shit. Yeah. Right? And so, so whatever, whatever you got going on, yes. you need to be able to separate that. Yeah, so I'm really big on emotional intelligence when I'm when I'm teaching my new nurses. But... I have to be mindful and cognizant to start instilling that emotional intelligence on my on my daughter because being self-aware, being aware of other people's behavior, being aware of how your presence affects other people, being respectful, being compassionate, being kind is all in there. You know, and it's not to say don't get in trouble because shit may happen or you may do dumb shit and mistakes happen. And all right, you know, like, all right, you're you're human, you're curious. Okay, but it's like, I want you to use your resources and the police should be a resource. But then it's like, but then it's like, what happens when you are respectful? Like, right. Go back right. to a situation where the cops stop you and you're like, "Sir, I didn't do anything." And, and he's you like, still, oh, you still get fucked up. I saw you do this, and you're like, "Sir, I didn't. I, I have no weapons." I'm da da da, da. and they be like, "What are you doing?" Well, my phone is ringing. Can I reach for my phone? And yes. then they shoot you dead. Yes, and that right, right. So I can teach you all the good things. I can teach you the golden rule. Do one to others as you would want done to yourself and you fuck around and get a bullet in the back of your head. Like, and, that's, and that's still the thing with any type of, of parent. Like you could teach your kid all types of good shit, right? And then they still end up on drugs or they still end up a, a, a high school dropout or they still end up pregnant at 15. It, it's just, it's crazy. And I'm not equating those things to police brutality. No, right. This shit is just so intense. You don't know what to do. And it's just like, I don't want my kids to be sheltered. Yeah. I also don't want my, my kid out there being exposed or being even a target, a possible target of anything. It's, it's a real deep thing. And um, seeing that video, I posted this on my business page. Um, he cried out for his mom. And I was just like, this grown ass man is like, somebody tell my mom I love her. And like, girl, I fucking thought I was going to die. I was like, if that ever happened to my son, Y'all better bury me deep, 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 deep down because me and God got a good relationship. And I swear I'm going to come back and I'm going to fuck everything up. There's absolutely no words. There really is no words. And at the moment, there's no solution. And as moms, we have the extra burden of raising amazing people and then keeping them safe at all times. So I want to I want to end this because now it's starting to get different and my mood is shifting and I don't I don't want it to be that way. I want to end this with a quote that Don Lemon said the other night. 
There are two viruses killing us right now and killing Black people at a disproportionate rate. One is the coronavirus and the other one is racism. Ciao. So on that note, everybody be safe um, and stay prayed up. Yes. Thanks for tuning in to Tess and Tiff Talks, where two bomb moms are trying to find the balance between the hood and good of motherhood. If you have questions, suggestions, or whatever, email us at tessandtifftalks at gmail.com. Follow our social media to stay up to date on new episodes, resources, etc. at Tess, T-E-S as in Sam, S as in Sam, underscore A-N-D, underscore T-I-F as in Frank, F as in Frank. We'll catch you next time on Test and Tiff Talks. And we out.